My friends, we're continuing on the story, uh, and we have, uh, we saw, uh, we're going to look at the book of Daniel today. And uh, we, ha- we have seen uh, through where we ended last week was basically uh, the divided country of Israel and Judah had gone the way of Satan, uh, bad kings, they told God basically, we don't want you here. The Holy, protection of the Holy Spirit had withdrawn. And, and now we see the entire destruction of the Jewish nation. And once that destruction happens, the nation is gone. It has been conquered by uh, Babylon. And almost all of the Jewish folks have been taken away from the land, shipped off to Babylon uh, in order to be slaves. Uh, my friends, do you understand that in all of history, once a country is gone, it almost never, ever, ever again returns in history. So, uh, so here we have uh, uh, Daniel and, uh, and hear these words of Daniel and his three friends. Uh, the book of Daniel actually occurs in Babylon. Daniel was part of the, the vast majority of Jewish people that were taken into, into slavery. So hear these uh, words from the first chapter of Daniel. In the third year of the reign of King Jehoiakim of Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. The Lord let King Jehoiakim of Judah fall into his power, as well as some of the vessels of the house of God. These he brought to the land of Shinar and placed the vessels in the treasury of his gods. Then the king commanded his palace master, Ashpenaz, to bring some of the Israelites of the royal family and of the nobility, young men without physical defect and handsome, versed in every branch of wisdom, endowed with knowledge and insight and competent to serve in the king's palace. They were to be taught the literature and the language of the Chaldeans. The king assigned them a daily portion of the royal rations of food and wine. They were to be educated for three years so that at the end of that time they would be stationed in the king's court. Among them were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah from the tribe of Judah. Remember that lion of Judah? That lion of Judah is about ready to roar even though we're in the middle of all of this terrible time, Christ will flow out of that tribe of Judah. And now God has placed four young men that even though that tribe has been conquered, right in the courts of the king of the conquerors. The palace master gave them other names. Daniel he called Baltazar. Hananiah he called Shadrach, Mishael he called Meshach, and Azariah he called Abednego. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Join me in prayer. Father, may the Holy Spirit open our eyes, ears, hearts, and minds to the transforming power of your word. May we all 
be changed because of our encounter with it. In the powerful name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. There was a little boy that was thumbing through the great big old family Bible. How many of you have a great big old family Bible around somewhere? Yeah. And he was thumbing through it one day, and out of it fell a great big dried pressed leaf. Remember when we used to do that? You'd take something from a funeral and you'd press it in the Bible. And he picked up that great big old leaf and he went running to his mom and he says, Mom, look, I found Adam's suit. That's a young man that knew the Bible, right? Well, through the story, we started clear back with Adam's suit, right? And we've been moving our way through this core story from Adam and Eve. And despite that that fall, we have seen over and over and over again how God never gives up on us and continues to call us back. Last week, as I mentioned, we saw the beginning of the end. The nation has crumbled. The people have been carted off to slaves And so today we come to the story of Daniel and his three friends. They too, as I mentioned, have been taken to Babylon as slaves. Now the king of Babylon decided to bring several of Israel's best and brightest into his court, or so he thought it was his decision. See, he thought he was going to convince These four best and brightest and educated from the tribe of Judah and Israel. He thought that he was going to teach them all of the things over three years and convert them to his pagan beliefs. But God had other plans. Because you see, through Daniel and his three friends, God was going to reverse it. God was going to convince the king of Babylon who the real God is. God is going to put those false gods in Baal and all of Satan's work and demons back in their place. And He's going to call the Jewish people back home. And He's going to continue the work to fulfill the promise way back to Abraham that through Abraham one of his descendants would be a blessing to the entire world, the Messiah. You starting to see this same pattern over and over again? Starting to see it? Satan pulls the people away, uses very powerful people like kings, armies, pulls the people away, then God only teaches the non-believers who the real God is, but He draws His people back. All the while, keeping His promise to Abraham, keeping the the lion of the tribe of Judah. And this is kind of a prequel. You're going to see a glimpse of that lion of the tribe of Judah do a little roaring here. Now, I'd like to highlight three stories in the book of Daniel that kind of show how God uses faith. Let me say that again. How God uses 
faith of his people to accomplish this pattern over and over again. First of all, we have in in, uh, chapter 1, and you heard that, where uh, Daniel and his three friends refuse to eat the meal uh, that is being served to all of the, the slaves that are going to be trained. All right. This meal included uh, uh, food that had been uh, donated to idols and included wine and included all of the rich, rich foods that came from the, from the, dan- from the king's table. But here we got three guys, three young guys, their faith said, no, we're not going to defile our bodies like this. So they only ate the vegetables that came to them. And what was amazing was, even though they were dining on the very least and edges of the king's court, of the king's table, they grew stronger than all of the rest. In other words, Daniel and his three friends lived their lives different. They had faith even in those difficult times and would not defile themselves. And this got everyone's attention. Got everyone's attention. Who are these guys that can eat only those, these rough vegetables and prosper? So where was these four guys' fear? Where was it? Fear about starving? Fear about not getting enough nutrition? Fear about the guards' retaliation? If you didn't eat the king's food, you were in trouble. Where was their fear? Through their faith. They knew that they wouldn't starve. And not only did they know they wouldn't starve, they knew that God would strengthen them And they would prosper. Then we move on to chapter 3 and we see that through these three guys' faith, Daniel's three friends did a very dangerous cultural thing. It was far more dangerous than just being politically incorrect. You see, they refused to worship an idol of King Nebuchadnezzar and other pagans' gods. They said, no. We won't do that. We won't do that. So here are these words as I I move along. I'm a couple of them behind here. Here we have them uh, refusing food. But here are these words uh, about how dangerous this path they had heard out of the book of Daniel 3, 14 through 29. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods and you do not worship the golden statue that I've set up? But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. And who is the God that will deliver you out of my hands? Where's their fear? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, We have no need to present a defense to you in this matter. If our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire, then out of your hand, O king, let him deliver us. 
Then Nebuchadnezzar was so filled with rage against Shadrach. Just go ahead and click on the three screens and it'll bring it back up. There you go. Thank you. We've got a little glitch. And then you'll need to click on your slide, the slide that we're on. Perfect. The Nebuchadnezzar was so filled with rage against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abnego that his face was distorted. You know, when a king controls you and his face is distorted, most people are afraid. He ordered the furnace heated up seven times more than was customary because the king's command was urgent and the furnace was so overheated the raging flames killed the men who lifted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abnego. But the three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abnego, fell down bound into the furnace of blazing fire. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up quickly. Listen now. Listen. See what we got here? Listen. Was it not three men that we threw and bound into the fire? But I see four men unbound walking in the middle of the fire and they are not hurt. And the fourth has the appearance of a God. Who's in that furnace with them? So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire. The hair of their heads was not singed. Their tunics were not harmed. And not even the smell of fire came from them. Nebuchadnezzar said, Now what has God done here? He's going to convince the pagans who the real God is. Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him, who had faith in him. For there is no other God who is able to deliver in this way. Where was their fear? And God does it again. Through faith, God teaches the pagans who the real God is putting Satan in his place, brings his people back to him, and now for something really cool. Remember that promise to Abraham? We're getting a glimpse here. Who was that fourth person that appeared to be as a god out of the tribe of Judah, roaring like a lion and protecting them? It was the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. Pretty cool stuff, my friends. And God is going to do it all over again. He's going to do it again, in case we don't get it. Right? Because He's not going to let us go. Now this time, we have a new king, a Persian king. The Babylonians, the, the Babylonians have been conquered. Right? So now we have a new king, but Daniel and his buddies are still there. All right? And again, it, it appears that Satan's back on track. He's gotten rid of the king that got convinced that God Almighty is the true God and he's going to put another pagan on the throne. In chapter 6, we see Daniel who refuses 
to pray to this new king, Darius, as a god, and he's going to get thrown into the lion's den. Hear these words out of Daniel chapter 6. Then the king gave his command, and Daniel was brought and thrown into the den of lions. Where's his fear? A stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and and with the signet of his lord, so that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then at break of day, the king got up and hurried to the den of lions. When he came near the den where Daniel was, he cried out anxiously to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you faithfully serve been able to deliver you from the lions? Daniel then said to the king, My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so they would not hurt me. Because I was found blameless before him and also before you. O king, I have done no wrong. I've lived the way God told me to live. I have done no wrong. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. Then King Darius wrote to all peoples and the nations of every language throughout the whole world, I make a decree that in all my royal dominions people should tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed and His dominion has no end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. For He has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. Where was Daniel's fear? Daniel didn't go kicking and screaming into that den crying out. Through faith we see the pattern again. We had King Nebuchadnezzar who was convinced. So he brings in another army and we got another pagan king on the throne. Satan pulls the people away. And then God, through the faith of those who follow him, not only convinced... Did you hear the the, the change in this king? He now believes in God. But he also does a smackdown on Satan draws His people back to Him. And God's plan stays on track for the coming of the Messiah. And friends, I really want you to think right now. Because I know most of these stories you've heard over and over again. Over and over again. Here, right before I read from you from God's holy word, there has never been an archaeological dig or an archaeological find ever that disputes the validity of the Bible. It's truth. These aren't just stories made up. Here we have people eating very little in order to honor their God, yet they... Don't just starve, but they prosper. Here we have three guys placed in a fiery furnace. Not only do they not come out unharmed, they don't even smell a smoke. 
And here we have Daniel being placed in a lion's den because of his faith, never being harmed. With miracles like this, why? Why do we, why do so many people still believe in some wimpy God that can barely speak and maybe sometimes heals as long as the doctor gives you the right medication? Daniel and his three friends did not have faith in a maybe sometimes almost wimpy God. They had absolute faith in the only real, omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent God. And all of God's people said, Amen. Faith. It changes everything. Listen to what Jesus Christ says in the book of Matthew. Jesus said, for truly I tell you, that means I am speaking in absolute truth. This is the absolute truth, he says. If you have faith the size of a little mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. Do you see the power of faith? Faith of God's chosen people to live out the way we're supposed to live despite the cultural pressure. My friends, it changes everything. I'm going to invite uh, singers to come on up and get ready here while I finish up. So here's my assignment for you next week. Because here we have, remember I said, a nation once destroyed never comes back. It's done. But because of the faith of these four young men, as you look at chapter 19 in the story, guess what happens? The nation of Israel is reborn. So read that chapter 19 and stay connected that not only did these four guys change some king's hearts, but they rebirthed a nation. And then I also want you to spend some time thinking about your own faith. I mean, if you have true faith, What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Imagine living your life knowing with absolute certainty that you have nothing to fear. Not a disease. Not death. Not financial struggles. Nothing 
to fear because we worship a God with an entire army of angels. Always 
is always by my side.